Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Collateral Creatives. I'm your host, Austin Murphy. I'm Cheyenne Wyatt. And we are here to discuss the thing that we've been talking about so many times over the past couple weeks. What gospel messages or characteristics of God can we find in media that is not necessarily Christian? And today we've got a pretty, I would say, controversial topic. Maybe. I don't know. Because it's like, it's it's certainly getting a little bit more entertaining these days or more popular these days. Yeah, I would say that it's getting more mainstream. Which, there's a lot of people that are going back and forth on whether or not it's okay, whether or not it's good, whether or not it's something that we should be accepting. Should we say what it is? <laughs> Amine. Anime. Anime. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should open up here. Uh, Cheyenne here is a much bigger fan of anime than I am. Uh, I acknowledge anime as far as it having a really cool way of animation. It has a really good way of storytelling and it can tell stories that most of the time Western audiences just simply can't pull off or accept. So stealing all of my points for later hey, <laughs> not I'm, all of them but i'm some. just i'm just <laughs> opening the ground so that you can you can crack into them later yeah so today what we're going to be doing is going into anime as a as a sort of first of all art style but also as a uh, you could say a cultural movement yeah also kind of just like an industry or like wider concept sort of like how we did music videos last week mm -hmm. it's not something specific like how we've been doing movies or shows like scooby-doo it's just more broadly speaking because there's a lot of variety when it comes to anime and we'll talk about that a bit <laughs> about the variety mm -hmm. um how there's both good and bad exactly and i think a good place to start when it comes to this whole topic is in the history because yeah. anime, believe it or not, actually goes back pretty far. Uh, there might be a good number of viewers who haven't really been keeping up on it, on anime, and I mean, no or one can might really, not even be aware it's a thing. That's yeah, it's, totally cool. it's like no one can blame you, uh, especially given the fact that we're not really the target audience to begin with uh, as Westerners. But uh, for anyone who's listening who's from the Eastern Hemisphere, you probably know all about it. It's it's, or at least have run into it. Have run into it because they use those things in advertising. They use it uh, on billboards. I've yeah, seen. Like, I've seen pictures of like cleaning products that have Levi from Attack on Titan. That's because funny because he's obsessed with cleaning. And I had a I had a friend in the Air Force. Uh, he was stationed in Japan. He was the, he was a U.S. Airman, and he was stationed uh, at a base in Japan. And he said that in his single block like the block that he lived on there were five manga stores wow so it was a popular location wherever he was i don't remember what city he was in but it yeah. was still like it's a popular movement so uh there's a lot to get into and there's a lot of things that can be learned from the history of anime where it is going now and more importantly how storytelling has influenced a lot of the ways that they do their their shows nowadays mm -hmm. um Starting with the history, though, uh, interestingly enough, it's actually, even though it's old, it's younger than a lot of things uh, because this whole genre of media started in 1907. So like before film was a thing, anime was there. <laughs> um, 
this is right around the time that animation just kind of kicked to life in general but this was something different because it wasn't it wasn't in the way of being able to print film and you just have moving images it was kind of in the same sense of the history of music videos where you know you you have a screen and it's playing images while someone plays the piano that sort of thing in this case uh there was basically this uh, this guy who created this idea of the magic lantern show in the 19th century. Um, he would have these like mechanical slides that would show images from uh, wooden projectors. And these images were put together in such a way that it simulated movement. Yeah, you would get magic lanterns uh, in the Western hemisphere sometimes too. Like you see them pop up in some like Sherlock Holmes stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think with magic lanterns, they, they actually did start around the late 19th century as well. So uh, these things just kind of kicked to life at all the same time, but different countries started using them in different ways. And this is a really good way of comparing how this was used. But what's really interesting is that uh, they kind of didn't really hit their like big popularity mark until world war two which was around when they started making propaganda films and those propaganda films were anime. Uh, they're, they're really classic stuff. They, they aren't anything that's like, you know, you're not going to get anything that's the same quality of what you'll find today. And it's not overly impressive, but it's still history and it should be acknowledged. Yeah. Um, but things would start to ship like shape up really big. Uh, once we hit the 1970s, cause that's when Disney gets involved because you know Disney they're just the powerhouse of media in the world and they never will stop um 19, they influence a lot yeah huge influence and 1970 was when uh basically Japanese animators saw what Disney was doing and you know around that time they had a lot of their their golden boys starting to come out of their studios and so certain animators within the realm of uh anime like the whole industry, they started developing uh, Western ideas into their anime to try to reach a broader audience and make it more interactive and more interesting because in the West, they had landed this perfect way of using visual art style in combination with storytelling to make things more interesting, more action packed without having to sacrifice uh, any of the dialogue that Mm -hmm. Japanese animators are known for loving to use. Yeah. And then from what I understand, they also had access to different tools compared to Western animators. Like they didn't have the same art supplies. Yeah. So that required them to branch out and develop their skills in different ways, Mm -hmm. which is part of why anime created a distinct look and art style. It's because they were doing what they could with what they had. And I think that's just really interesting is like, even though they were like, oh, I like that. I like how that looks. Let's do something similar to that. They still stuck with like, no, let's do something that's our own. And so it's not like a direct copy. It's still something that is culturally unique to them. Yeah. And that's the fun part, I think, about watching anime uh, is in the fact that some moments you'll be like, wow, this is the lowest budget thing I've ever watched in my entire life. And then the <laughs> next scene, it's super high budget, super high impact, yeah. a lot of frames. <laughs> it's super cool that way. And I, I think that's what makes it more interactive and more entertaining to, to watch because you don't know what's going to be coming next, quite literally. Um, 
and it was in those times, like in the 1970s, that we started to develop uh, a lot of the pretty big show ideas. This That was actually when the idea of mech shows came to be. And if you know anything about the culture these days, especially right now, uh, mechs, Gundams, whatever you want to call them, they're super popular. They got so popular that Japan now has a fully, like a massive full scale Gundam model somewhere in like somewhere in Japan. I don't know which city it is, but it's a full like 50 feet tall, 50 foot tall mech that has moving arms, head and legs, but it just, you know, it's not an automaton. It can't actually walk around, but it can move (laughs) yet. Yet. (laughs) If anyone's going to figure out how to make a fully functioning mech, it's going to be the Japanese. Yeah. Um, We're so creative. (laughs) And around this time, that was when we got shows like uh, Astro Boy. I, I, I know people that don't even watch anime that know Astro Boy because Astro Boy was just mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, Lupin the Third, um, Mazinger, or Mazinger Z. I don't know which one. We're probably going to mispronounce a lot of stuff yeah. while we're doing this I'm going podcast. to do my best to avoid certain <laughs> words. Then in the 1980s, anime hit the mainstream that was like finally they hit some form of uh some sort of ground that now started to build an industry and of course it was basically completely down to dragon ball yeah and i think that like branching out internationally has also it's influenced how anime has continued to not evolve but it's continued to influence how it's produced if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um because they now i think are a little bit more aware of the influence they have um just like with some of the jokes that they make in certain shows it's like oh i think they're aware of the fact that it's not just going to be japanese viewers who are watching this or um when they pull in someone to say an english line they make it they make the pronunciation better um, mm-hmm. because they know like, oh, if it's really bad English, someone's probably going to catch on. Um, but they also always try to have like really high quality, like the best quality stuff that they can anyway. So I don't know how much of that's true. That's just the general impression that I've had over the past few years, especially since like, I think it's 2012 when Attack on Titans first started coming out. And that was kind of like the resurgence of like main anime being mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably the best example of that with anime starting to take notes from Western culture and trying to tap into that Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Because when Cowboy Bebop came around, it's basically it's it's a Western story, but with a sort of like futuristic sci-fi twist. Mm-hmm. And everyone loved that show. Everyone that grew up with, uh, well, I don't even remember what it was playing on. I know it played on Jetix at one point and it had like a late night review. It was, uh, oh, what is it? There was a special segment that I can't remember what it was called, but it had some sort of robot mascot for the segment and they would only play anime the entire night. I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was really cool. I didn't get to grow up on it, unfortunately, but I know all about it. I just can't remember its name. Um, (laughs) Yeah, show like shows like Cowboy Bebop would play Dragon Ball um, Space Battleship Yamato. Those those shows would play at that time. And that's where a lot of the fans came from. And then, of course, it hit a, a like a precipice, like it hit the pinnacle around the 2000s because of a certain uh, rise of a very, very, very popular studio, uh, Studio Ghibli. 
which is now basically known as like Japanese Disney because of <laughs> yeah, that's just the comparison people make. How good they are! They're so good, and it's so like pretty. <laughs> and it should be noted there are tons of studios in Japan. Like there's so yeah. many really experienced studios, but they all do their own thing. And Studio Ghibli just does whatever they do whatever they want. <laughs> Studio Ghibli has made so many smash hits because of their creativity, their use of the anime art style to tell stories in a way that no Western creator could ever do, especially in terms of how Japanese storytelling is done. Um, I don't even think that people realized all of the more Eastern influences of Spirited Away. Like, I, don't, I really don't think anybody caught on to that, especially not at that time, because it, it had a Academy Award for Best Animated Feature in 2003. So... Yeah, and that's hard to do when you're competing against all the Western things. Yeah, if you beat out the Europeans at <laughs> yeah. their own festival. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's hard. So congrats to them. But now things have gone like a completely different direction when it comes to where anime is going. Because now it's not a battle against Europeans. Now it's more the Europeans trying to get back their their spotlight because anime has taken such a massive hold on, on culture and society, especially right now. Because in my generation, if you liked anime, you weren't cool. It was That was just as simple as that. You just weren't a cool kid if you watched anime. You were weird. Yeah, and I think that varies a little on like region um, or just like what school you were in. Uh my school never really talked about it, mm -hmm. but I also was in a private Christian school. <laughs> uh, so I guess that maybe makes a little bit of sense why we just never really acknowledged that anime existed. But even then, just kind of like in wider society, um, I'm from Kansas and I really don't remember a ton of like, oh yeah, anime is a thing, like walking past people in the mall or like, seeing stuff in like stores that like made references to anime like I wouldn't have known what they were as a small child but yeah I just don't remember well here's the thing did you see Pokemon when you were a kid yeah like Pokemon yes which Bakugan. is an anime Bakugan Yu-Gi-Oh no no not that I remember what about Digimon I don't remember Digimon. Okay, because there was there's just to just to clarify, there's a certain genre of anime that I'm not entirely sure that everyone acknowledges them as anime, or at least they don't remember <laughs> them being that, and they're probably having like yeah, a week. Yeah, I think they hold moment. them in a different category, but they are technically anime. They are. They were they were made by Japanese studios for Japanese audiences, brought over to the West, and Pokemon yeah. especially just got super popular for no apparent reason whatsoever. <laughs> well, part of it's because it's targeted at kids, cute creatures. Yeah, but there's the second part to my my comment on like it wasn't cool to like anime growing up, right? Like you were the nerd, everybody bullied you. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it is cool as all get out to like. Oh anime. yeah, like um, my uh, nine year old cousin is super obsessed with Pokemon, mm -hmm. um, and I think my seven year old cousin is also really into Pokemon. He also really likes Mario. Yeah. And like no one's going to get on them for that these days. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's cool because all the other kids like Mario and Pokemon. Yeah. So like, it's just the fact that there's such a massive cultural shift happening right now. And I, I think that it has to do with how well 
uh, Japanese storytelling has started to fit into the world around them instead of just trying to be for Japanese audiences. They've taken their way of storytelling and made it so that it's applicable to all different types of cultures and regions. Yeah. And so now we're starting to see all of these people that are just coming out of nowhere, loving anime, watching it like crazy. You got new streaming services like Crunchyroll and Funima- Funimation. This is another thing, though, is the fact that now we're starting to see anime in places that it normally wouldn't be found. Because now we're seeing it on Netflix. We're seeing oh, yeah. it on Amazon. We're seeing it on Hulu. Hulu has exclusive shows. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Same with Amazon and Netflix. Like they all have exclusive shows. And it's just like, uh, and I have to like figure out where all of these different shows are mm-hmm. that I want to watch. And it's made it great. Like, cause now we're starting to, and we're, we're now able to experience storytelling in a way that we haven't been able to experience before. I mean, they, they combined so much into, uh, into Western c- culture cause they've done such a good job in the past. They did, uh, their own like five part transformers series. They did a GI Joe anime, like there's so many different ways that people have adapted a anime story um, or at least they've adapted a Western story into anime. Like uh, I think one of my personal favorites, um, Halo Legends, they took that franchise Halo and made it into an anime. Most recently, Star Wars Visions, they had like nine different studios make a short anime film and people loved it. They thought it was great. And there's actually a lot of fans that have been asking for star Wars to get taken into the anime direction because anime can tell stories that star Wars has been trying to tell because star Wars operates a lot in thoughts and has a lot of moments where characters thinking to themselves, which happens all the time in anime. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the main things that's different about anime as just a media or a medium in that it, it tends to focus on thoughts and emotions a lot more than Western media. Just because, like, for example, in fight scenes or something like that, when we have characters in a Western show like Captain America fighting Iron Man, we're not getting, like, internal dialogue. Like, they're just battling it out. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of quips here and there. Yeah, like, oh, you think you're so tough, like, type of stuff. Like, they say it verbally. I can um, do this all day. Yeah, and then, like, maybe yeah. you'll get emotional. Um, like, my mom's name was Martha, too. Oh, gosh, don't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll maybe get emotional at the right moment to, like, transition the scene. But in Japanese fight scene we have internal dialogue like the whole time we have flashbacks that may last the whole episode so we only get (laughs) a second of the fight uh we have like screaming and yelling to like power up which is sometimes weird but sometimes is really epic (laughs) um and so it's just like based on thoughts and emotions and it's really in a way more cerebral of an approach than that like, okay, like put your fists up, let's go mm-hmm. and the approach that Western media takes, which I'm not saying either one is better because there's downsides to both, but there's also pros to both. And I think that's one of the things that really like makes anime distinct in the way that it tells stories. Another thing is that with Japanese storytelling or just Japanese animation, 
or anime, when people hear like, oh, it's Japanese animation, they might like equate it with like, oh, it's just animation, like it's a cartoon. I'm like, eh, because that's a little bit misleading. There's more to it, which may sound biased since I like anime, but they're able to cover more mature and more complex stories. Pers I personally feel like in anime than they do in something that like say Disney would produce. Like in the West, we don't really make cartoons that are for adults. They don't really have a, that much substance if they are for adults. They're more like comedy based. But with ja like Japanese animation or anime, a lot of the time it's like a really good story that gets a little bit dark sometimes depending on the show, but it's like exactly what you need sometimes too. Um, an example would be like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's a really good show. I would recommend that one. I sat down with one of my friends to watch like the first few episodes just to show it to her and we watched it and she's like yeah I really like this but I was a little startled at first because I wasn't expecting there to be blood like I'm not used to seeing an like blood in an something that's animated and I was like oh yeah I guess that is a thing because mm -hmm. like we don't really have sh animated shows that have blood in them no, and if we do, we usually go way over the top. Yeah, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood isn't like a gore fest. It just, they had a fight scene and there was blood. Um, <laughs> that's like, it makes sense because like that's what would happen in like a drama that you would watch on TV as well. And that's the approach that they have. The thing is like, you wouldn't be able to do a story like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood as like a show that wasn't animated because it require would require like so many special effects, so many other like moving parts to make it look good, like special effects and all of that, that it just like wouldn't have the same feeling as an animated show. And so the stories that you can tell with anime, like we've been saying, are so unique and like so valuable, <laughs> I feel, that it like turns into like something that's like really art a lot of the time. And there's this term called sakuga, which I think I said correctly, <laughs> um, that's actually applied to those like high quality scenes where you kind of just have a moment of like, wow, that was really beautiful. And so that's like just something to keep in mind where, yeah, sometimes like there'll be like shots where it's just like, oh, these people are standing here and talking. But then later on in the episode, they'll have this epic fight scene and it's super dynamic and stuff. And that's because they're spreading their budget out and saving it for that fight scene to make it more beautiful and have that like sakuga moment where it's like blowing you away. Um, 
And that's, again, another difference between like Western animation and Eastern animation, because I feel like in the U.S., we tend to like be more consistent and try to make like each frame look high quality. While in Japan, they're like, okay, like for these few frames, eh, it doesn't really matter if it looks iffy. We just need to like make sure like it's there so we can continue to move the story on. And then like right here, it needs to look amazing. (laughs) And so they spread out their budget for that episode or even for the entire series to achieve their goals and find what's most efficient. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, anime being a being a form of media, I should just make that just <laughs> bottom line. It, it being a form of media, that means that there are some parts of it that aren't okay. And that's going to be true no matter what we're talking about. There's not a single part of any form of media that's going to be perfect. Even if we were going to be like, oh, Veggie Tales, there's probably 3D animated stuff you shouldn't be watching out there, i.e. Sausage Party, maybe. So... When it comes to anime, what do you think is the thing that we should be looking out for if we're going to be going and looking for an anime to watch? What's something that we should be aware of that we should avoid? I think one of the big things is what people call fan service. Fan service would be a scene where it's maybe like a scantily clad woman or we're at the beach and we're focusing a little bit too much on the girls in the bikini or maybe on the abs of the guy on the beach. It can involve men too. And so there's some shows that have a lot of fan service and they're like, oh yeah, the fans want to look at these animated people who are attractive. Um, And like, that's not the best. Um, And so I think that's definitely something to be aware of. Because there's some shows that have a ton of it and there's some shows that like don't really ever do that. Um, Or if they do it, you don't notice it. (laughs) Um, And so just being aware of the fact that there's going to be some shows like that so that you can prepare yourself as you're looking for something to watch and be like, oh, yeah, let's not watch that one. It's going to be one of those like things where you just have to have discernment and know what your personal limits are Um, because again it's an entire industry there's a lot of variety it's kind of like saying like it would be like saying like oh all movies are about sex and drugs we can't watch any of them like that's that's not true yeah it's like what we were talking about last week with music videos yeah there are the ones that you shouldn't be watching but there are quite a few that have things that you can watch and can learn something from yeah and so like sometimes there's ones that are about like you know dogs (laughs) (laughs) or something like that like those are wholesome and so just like trying to find the wholesome anime. Yeah, um, like, um, actually, you showed me one recently that I'm now I think it's my personal favorite uh, out of all of the ones that I've seen in my past. Um, she had recently shown me a show that's simply called Way of the House Husband. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's it, the name itself already should explain like how funny this is. Um, basically, we're following a character that was once like the most deadly Yakuza in the entirety of Japan. Yeah. Uh, but he left. The so like a gang member yeah. for those of you who don't know what that is. Uh, like a serious gang member. 
Um, but he left the Yakuza to go and marry a woman. And when he does that, he becomes the house husband while she goes and does business. Yeah. So it's a it's a comedy, obviously, and it's hilarious. We see this very, 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 very serious guy with tons of tattoos and very still acting like he still has that persona that he has from being in the Yakuza. So he handles everything super seriously. And like there was even one scene where he messes up uh, his wife's birthday because he gets her a present that she already has. And so he says, I will accept this punishment. And he goes to chop off his finger. Because yeah, there's the a little bit of morbid humor in that one. Um, but of course, <laughs> whenever he goes to go and chop his finger off, his wife screams and, and it's like, no, him. you can't. <laughs> like, that's she, not what we do here. She throws him out of a window, which I thought was pretty funny. But. Yeah, because like, wait, how strong is she? <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that's it. Just goes to show, though, there are so many different examples of yeah, anime that you can watch. There's such good. a variety as well, as far as like genres go. Um, like there's isekai, or like that's like being transported to a different world. Um, so you might have heard of Sword Art Online. That's an example of an isekai. Uh, there's adventure fantasy romance there's historical stuff there's sports anime uh there's drama there's comedy there's this one that's called slice of life which is just like kind of like fluffy like everyday stuff where there's really not much of a plot you're just watching people go about their everyday life and like sometimes there is like an ongoing like this is what they're trying to do but maybe it'll happen it's kind of like Gilligan's Island in that it just kind of like loops and with all these different genres you're going to get a lot of different uh, interpretations of various things and I think one of the things that pops up the most frequently in all of these genres is Japan's sort of addiction to religion um, because Japan is based in a lot of traditions and they're based in a lot of things like honor, ancestry, all of that. Mm-hmm. And that has not stopped. That is continuously yeah, carried over. There's a lot of shows that um, also have like a supernatural bend to them. So that's also something to be aware of. Exactly. But there is something to be said about that because the way that the Japanese do their storytelling, it has a lot of the moments where a character has to determine what they believe or they have to experience pain in order to grow stronger. And it's kind of like what we were doing way back at the very beginning of the show with Spider-Verse, where you have to start looking at scenes for more than what is just happening on screen. You have to see more than just Miles Morales jumping off of the side of a building. You have to start seeing that as a metaphor or start seeing what that makes you feel. What is it that you're feeling whenever you watch him do it? What is it that you can compare that to? So... If you're seeing a character, let's say in like an anime, who is trying to take on one of his greatest threats and he's been working so hard across an entire season to try to beat this character and he loses at the end, you could immediately start saying that that's what the fight against sin is like. You work so hard to go against it, but you can't win by yourself. So then this main character gets a party. (laughs) So it's like, you know, you get you get all these different ways that you can translate these messages. But I I feel like you might have some good specific examples. Yeah, there's so many different shows that have personally made an impact on me, which I think is why I really like anime and I keep coming back to it, even though there are downsides to it at times. 
Like ex specific examples, I think would be with uh, My Hero Academia. Um, it's a story about this kid who wants to be a hero in this world where like everyone is born with a specific superpower, but he happens to be in that like 20% of the population that is not born with a superpower or a quirk as it's called in the um, story. And so he just like desperately wants to be a hero and like be specifically like All Might, who is uh, the one that he looks up to and it's the one that like most kids his age looks up to, but he's like obsessed with All Might. He wants to be him exactly. And like through all of this, like all of these different coincidences, he actually ends up meeting All Might and becoming All Might's successor. And he, so it's just a story of like how he's training to be All Might's successor. And it is such an interesting show, I think, because it looks at legacy and how we leave our marks on people and how we need to be aware of our own influence. And I think I've thought about that a lot, just like being at Moody because like that hero mentality <laughs> that you can kind of have like doing ministry sometimes and what it actually means to like have a legacy and then like other ones like Fire Force. Uh, I mentioned during our episode uh, with Collateral Beauty, I think that my house burned down when I was 12. And so I was watching a show about fire and uh, it's these uh, firefighters who don't put out fires in the normal way they uh fight these people who spontaneously combust which sounds a little bit weird but like uh it's really interesting just because they also control fire and so with all of that there's this thing in the show where all of the powers that people have like with controlling fire to help save people and put out uh, the ones who have like spontaneously combusted and stuff, those powers that they're using come from their greatest weaknesses and traumatic events that they've had. Like the reason why that they're so strong now is because they were weak in the past. And I think that was something that I really needed to just hear um, when I watched the show. Um, there's a lot more examples that I can keep going. Um, but I think those two are probably like the best ones for time's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you, what do you think would be important for a Christian to keep in mind, to watch out for if they were going to be yeah. wanting to learn, if they're going to want to find where, what God was trying to show them, if they're going to be watching this? Yeah. Um, like I said, just like discernment because... Again, like not everything is going to be good for you. You have to know what your limits are. Like sometimes I'll like watch the first episode of a show and I'll be like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Like that's going to open me up for temptations or like that's just not something I want to have in my brain um, just because it's not something wholesome. Like it has 
uh, too much swearing or it has too much, which is weird to think about because I watch subtitles, but I'm still reading a lot of swear words, you know, um, or it has too much fan service and I'm not okay with that. Or, you know, just like finding out what you're comfortable with and what you're okay with investing in. It's kind of like with music videos, like I can't make a good blanket statement of like, this is what you'll get out of anime. Um, Like how with Scooby-Doo, I was able to say like, you know, it's a good way to analyze um, sin nature. Anime has a lot of different lessons. And so... Um, I don't know what all those lessons are since I haven't seen every single anime. Um, but I think if you just like explore a little, um, you're able to find ones that are first off wholesome and then also ones that'll teach you things that you really need to hear sometimes. The other thing is that since anime is becoming so much of a mainstream thing lately, and maybe we're overestimating how popular it is, um, but since it's becoming more mainstream, you're going to be able to open up a lot of conversations um, because you'll start noticing like merch that people are wearing (laughs) or... Um, you'll like hear a character's name and be like, oh, I watched that show too. And you'll just be able to relate with people a lot more. And then through that, be able to be like, oh yeah. So like the symbolism in that show or like, you know, the way that this character does that, like really reminds me of Jesus. Like that's kind of like a really like deliberate way of doing it. But so like you would have more nuance in that conversation, but I think that's probably the best way. And I think that's a really good thing to touch on just because one of my favorite statements that I say to a lot of people who, you know, question me on my decision to be a communications major instead of any of the other majors where I've been told before um, when I was as a comm major, I've been told by other people that I'm just not really a Christian because I'm just too in the world. To that, what my response would be would be that I'm using the world against the world because there's a lot of things that will never stop changing. And media is one of those things. This podcast is me acting on that by making a podcast that is going to be out on the internet, on streaming services. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's taking what is currently in the world and using it against what the world is doing to society. And that's, that's an example of that. If you, if you know, what the other people are interested in. If you know what quote unquote secular people are interested in, if you know what other Christians are interested in, because there's a lot of Christians that will take in a lot of content that you wouldn't expect them to take in. And so you just have to be intentional with how you do it because you don't want the world to harm you. Um, Because like sometimes like there are things that you're not necessarily strong enough for yet. Um, or just you shouldn't interact with. But I think anime in general is one of those things that can be safe enough for you to interface with as long as you're finding the right stories and like being wise about it. And we want to maintain that 
all of these things, all of the things that you may choose to do, it is completely fine if you decide that media is completely not for you. It's entirely fine if you want to fast away from it entirely, and it's fine if you want to just stay away from most forms of media and entertainment. That's completely fine. It's up between you and God. But the purpose behind all of this is just to show that there is a way of interacting with these forms of media and still getting something out of it and yeah, remaining Yeah, you have safe. options. Yeah. Just maintain prayer. Maintain your your relationship with Christ because he will help you with your discernment on whether or not something is or isn't for you. Because we're very poor judges of our own interests, I would say. Yeah. But with that, I think that we're going to wrap that up there. We have a lot of things that we could get really deep in, but <laughs> anime is one of those topics that honestly, I would say requires personal research. It requires your own exploration. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that we're experts on anime or Japanese culture. So if we got something wrong... Oops. Yeah, just, just feel free Feel free to let us know and we can correct it or we can just have another episode on it. Yeah, um, take two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, with that, uh, we hope that you gained something from this. Yeah. Uh, we've been trying very hard to figure out the best way to explain this topic because we know that this topic isn't something that a lot of Christians expect to be okay. I think people hold it to that same sort of bucket that I think that Dungeons and Dragons is in. Yeah. Um, where it's just, it's straight up just wrong, which I don't know how many people hold to that these days, but anime in the same way of any other kind of media, I don't think deserves to be in that sort of bucket. I, I think that it deserves a little bit of exploration because we could use that. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, we're going to be wrapping it up for this week. Next week, we are going to be talking about video games. Uh, Ooh, so any specific one? You, you, I'm so glad you, that you asked. <laughs> We're going to be going into the franchise Assassin's Creed, which Ooh. will be very fun. That's going to have a lot of religious topics there. So prepare for next week because it's going to get pretty intense, uh, just like the franchise. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for sitting down with us and listening to our conversations. We hope that you gleaned something from this, and we hope that you get to utilize the things that we're uh, talking about and hopefully teaching on this show. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, as my mother says. We'll see you next week with Assassin's Creed, and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day, afternoon, or night. Bye. Bye.